Welcome to Human Resources for Small Business, where we discuss HR best practice, hot topics in HR, HR strategy, and employment law changes that affect business. I'm your host, Brandon Laws of Zenium HR. Our website is www.zeniumhr.com, where you can follow us, read articles, watch videos, or contact us. Thank you for listening. Today is May 22nd, and my guest today is Molly Kelly. She is a human resource business partner with Zenium and has 13 years of experience in working with small and medium-sized companies and doing some HR consulting work and project work, um, investigation work, and our topic today is bullying, and I'm sure she's dealt with some of those issues as well. Um, So I'm going to start off... um, Welcome, Molly. Thank you, Brandon. Um, I'm going to start off by mentioning uh, there was a study by SHRM, the Society of Human Resource Management. They had 265 respondents in one of these surveys uh, regarding bullying in the workplace. And according to their study, 51% of the organizations that responded said they had incidents of bullying. So, Molly... In this sort of study, what is bullying really referring to? Is it physical? Is it verbal? What what sort of things? Are, what is bullying exactly? That's a really good question, Brandon. It probably is best directed back to our employee um, in the individual circumstances when it can arise. For me, one of the first things that I look at is whether we're talking about bullying and or harassment, um, because that's obviously a huge issue for employers and employees to respond to. Um, bullying to me, typically when I hear an employee say they're feeling bullied, it's an emotional response. They're trying to articulate that they're uncomfortable in the workplace. Um, the distinction that we would draw between bullying and harassment is harassment typically is defined by um, inappropriate behavior on the basis of a protected class. So somebody's race, uh, gender, religion, sexual orientation, disability, uh, kind of the biggies that we think about as far as um, you know, areas of, of uh, protections for individuals in society are, are the reason that someone is being picked on. That would be an incident of harassment. Um, whereas bullying can be maybe not based on a protected class, but it's just making someone feel uncomfortable about their workplace. And so what sort of organizations are likely to experience this? I, I find it hard to believe that maybe a, a really small organization maybe don't get the bullying, but maybe larger organizations, medium-sized, that have many, many more employees, yeah. and they can form little cliques in here, here and there, and so bullying seems like it'd become more of an issue in a large and medium-sized organization. Yeah. What do you think? And it's interesting, because I think that the word bully makes us kind of think of a schoolyard bully, so we're thinking of usually a gang of folks, but a bully can be just one individual, so in that case, you could have a two-person company, and an employee winds up feeling bullied. So I think it's the articulation of what they're feeling and responding to um, that an employer needs to, you know, kind of perk, perk their ears up and, and you know, address, um, regardless of size of company. In that same study that Sherm came out with, they also said that 65% of this bullying, or I guess, so of the 51% that said they have experienced bullying, 65% of those resort to some sort of internal investigation. Yeah. Now, you'd mentioned that bullying and harassment are somewhat intertwined, um, but what would be your approach in terms of, would you would you immediately 
launch into an investigation? Or what, what is an HR person, how do, how do you react to something like that? I always uh, smile when I hear, you know, the words launch into an investigation. And I think a lot of employers kind of uh, worry about calling us for those situations because it sounds like there's going to be an HR SWAT car, you know, pulling up and, <laughs> and addressing these issues. But uh, typically we do um, investigate. And a lot of times that just starts with a conversation with the person who's complaining. So the person who's feeling bullied or feeling harassed. Uh, we would address their complaints, make sure we have a really good documented statement from them about what their concerns are. Part of that process also is the request to them to address how they want to see things resolved. Do they want an apology? Do they feel like they can't work with the other individual? So we kind of start from the, the area of concern and address it there. Um, and next steps would include then addressing the person who's the subject of the complaint, so the accused party, and getting their perspective on things. Um, a lot of my investigations wind up with someone simply apologizing and, and saying, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you know I, I had hurt this person to that degree, at which point we can hopefully move forward. Um, a lot of times a, a document accompanies that with uh, written corrective action to make sure that the behavior doesn't continue. But it usually is a sort of a step-by-step process, addressing the concerns of the person who's complaining, talking to the accused, and then if there's witnesses, um, addressing their their uh, perspectives as well, too. Do you find that in most of those cases where it launches into a full investigation that there is some positive resolution at the very end, or do you find that there could be a separation or yeah. these people just can't work together anymore? What are your sense on that? It really varies. It really varies. My, my philosophy built over you know the time that I've had in HR is that people don't wake up in the morning thinking, by golly, it's a great day to harass, and I want to go out and upset my colleagues and coworkers. We don't typically see that. A lot of these things come up with misunderstandings. Um, Sometimes in rare instances we have found outright malicious uh, attacks, uh, in which case we address those with usually more severe corrective action that can lead to termination. If it's a first-time offense where someone sort of says, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, I've learned from this, I won't, um, you know, engage in this activity again, then that's something that we usually would address with a corrective action. But if it's really severe or involves threats of violence or is repeated, then we would result to, you know, further measures which might include termination. So when you say malicious attacks, one can only think that maybe it's um, something to do with email, maybe social media. Yeah. Um, how often are you seeing in bullying cases where it's involving um, really the, the kind of the technology uh, part of the business versus like maybe something that's very confrontational or uh, even physical, I guess, if you even want to go that route? Yeah, that's been a huge shift, I would say, in, in a trend, unfortunately, in my career is that I've seen more and more of this activity happening online. So a lot of my investigations these days involve looking at Facebook, MySpace, email posts, text messages, um, even between employees' personal phones. And it seems to me that that's a growing issue that we're, we're kind of looking at as a society is that blur between our personal private lives and our work lives. And the fact that those relationships carry over via Facebook or, or people exchanging personal cell phone numbers and that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's certainly not new in, in employment law and, and employment history that we've had these issues, but the number of contacts that employees have outside of work are increasing, which allows, unfortunately, for inappropriate comments to be exchanged as well. I would imagine from an investigation standpoint that documentation is probably easier to come by because if they're using email and social media and things like that, it's all documented out there. 
the problem is there is a fine line between what is their personal and um, in work and like how do you access those things and reach those people when that is part of their their private life like how do you access those sorts of things so I uh, just thought I'd make that point, but yeah. um, it and seems like a challenge. It's it's actually a huge challenge, and as a nation, we're we're discussing this issue and looking at it. A lot of attorneys are making a lot of money in this area right now because it's a an area of a lot of conversation about you know where are my free speech rights versus the employee's responsibility to behave appropriately um, with coworkers. So it's a big area of discussion. Since. It seems like there's a high rate, and based on the SHRM study, there is a high rate of investigations happening. Do you think that is a very proactive thing for HR to do, or do you think there's something even more proactive that we can do, like uh, policy updates in our handbook or um, training or coaching? What, what sorts of things do you think is on the more proactive side of the bullying? Absolutely. Um, to address that, I would say you, you absolutely have to respond when you have a complaint with an investigation process, as I, as I kind of outlined, so conversations with the folks involved and concerned. But to your point, it absolutely starts with proactive education, setting a culture of respect, making sure that we document that that's our intention. So more, most companies will include a policy about harassment prevention, um, but I think it goes beyond that to sort of say, you know, we're not going to tolerate disrespectful conduct because, again, harassment, as it's legally defined, is limited to harassment on the basis of a protected class. What most companies and most employees are concerned about is, how do I feel about going to work? Do I feel comfortable working here? Do I want to work with my colleagues and coworkers? We're not saying that we all have to be best friends, but we certainly have to have an undercurrent of respect for one another. And that's set by management, it's set by company policies, and it's reinforced by continual reminders of what's appropriate and what's you know, not appropriate. So we're seeing increasingly requests for bullying policies, for policies around teamwork and respect, and for policies around social media specifically. And do you think this is really led by HR managers within an organization, or do you think it's led by business owners? And, and again, it probably depends on the size of the company, but uh, where, where is this coming from and who's taking the lead on it? I think a lot of times it's actually led by employees, that employees are the ones who typically show up in either, you know, if there's no HR um, present for an organization in the owner or managing officer's office with a post that is really upsetting to them, or, um, you know, they, they turn up in HR's office saying, you know, this is, this is what was texted to me last night and I'm really upset by it. Um, at which point then it suddenly brings the company to a screeching halt and they realize that if they don't have support in place, be it policies or conversations going on around these issues, they need to. Um, so it's often, unfortunately, not realized until there's an incident and then policies are put in place. So hopefully we can be more proactive and, and try to bring these places, you know, bring these issues to light and have discussions about them as a workplace. And on the proactive side, what sort of advice would you give to, uh, let's say there's a small business out there who doesn't want to deal with any bullying issues in the future, but hasn't had any, um, and maybe even a medium-sized company with uh, 50 to 100 employees, what what sort of advice would you give them at this stage where they haven't had any issues, but they don't want to have any issues? What sort of things could they do? I think it's recognizing what you're doing well. So being proud of the culture that you've created that has created a culture of respect where you don't have these incidents coming up, but realizing that you need to address them proactively. Um, so a lot of times this falls upon the shoulders of management. As an HR person, I'm of course tempted to say, throw a policy at it and that'll fix it. But I think more importantly, it's leading by example, demonstrating respect for your employees, 
um, answering and addressing questions, talking about these issues, because it's certainly an issue uh, for everyone. Where do we draw the line with Facebook, with you know, texting, with personal, personal use of electronics, things like that? How do we have conversations that are respectful in the workplace, even outside of social media? Um, so having those conversations proactively with our employees now will hopefully give them the comfort to know that they can address it if there's a concern down the road and also set parameters on what's appropriate and what's not. And do you think that could be solved in one-on-one meetings with managers, or do you think it's like a company-wide training where you're talking about uh, specific things like communicating, um, how to be respectful, and those sorts of things in the workplace in a general training format? What do you think? In a bit, I think a bit of both. So I would say the one-on-one meetings are really important in terms of creating rapport for a manager and their employee and for employees with their teams. Uh, to make sure that they feel comfortable speaking up if there's an incident. The training, though, is a great forum for opening up this very hot topic area for discussion as a company. What are we committed to? What do we, what do we define as respect? What's acceptable, what's not you know, acceptable in terms of behavior, comments, um, things that will, will define us as an organization, as a culture? So it's a little bit of both in my mind. My guest today has been Molly Kelly. Thanks for being part of our podcast. It's a pleasure. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.